0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDIC. And you know what happens when people feel seen and heard? They're happier. They care. They're invested. They want to be there. You gain trust, loyalty, investment, instantly by having conversations and making people feel seen and heard. It's not a fix-all, I know that. There's always caveats. There's always you know, opportunities to grow in spaces and some people need to grow more than others, but it's a great place to start.
1: Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. In today's
2: episode, we're joined by Julie Schneers, a speaker, leadership consultant, and growth coach with a passion for putting people first. Get ready for an insightful conversation as we discuss, one, three key components of effective people management, communication, connection, and confidence. Two, we'll explore the challenges of building remote relationships. Three, and why taking care of your own well-being is crucial for your business. Let's hear Julie's unique insights on team building and relationships. Hey, Julie, thanks for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm
0: great. How about you?
2: Good. So we have been talking back and forth for a while. Yeah. And I finally get the pleasure of having you in the studio here. Well, not actually in the studio, virtually in the studio. So I'm really excited to talk with you. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it too. <laughs> hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do for a living?
0: I am a motivational speaker, a team culture consultant, and a leadership coach. Wow. That's a lot.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so you, your background starts as a, you were an educator, right?
0: I was, I was an educator, and you know what's funny is that truly, as an educator, motivating students, building a team, because I was a speech and debate coach and coaching students—that that's kind of what I did before. So I know it sounds like a lot, but I just pivoted into my audience being a little bit different. But it's kind of the same thing I've always done. Yeah, education is where I started.
2: Do you find it is it hard to like when you say motivation coach? Like, is it? And you come into, let's say, a whole group of employees for some company. Is it Mm -hmm. hard to get them fired up? Or do you find that they're already ready kind of to get fired up? But what's that like? I've always wondered when people try to motivate people.
0: That's a hard question. And you know what? It, it totally depends on the space. Okay. I have been in companies where you could tell that they were told they had to come in and sit down and be a part of this, right? And so you're sitting because somebody told you to at a table right. full of people that you may or may not know. And I think that dynamic, uh, it changes from place to place. There are some places that they do that often and they bring in great people. So they're excited and the energy is, we don't have to go to work today. We're going to be together at this new place with snacks today. You know what I mean? I think it just depends on how the company takes care of their people and what what is norm there. However, my goal as a speaker is that by the end you have laughed, you have cried and you've walked away with tools so you did not feel like your day was a waste and that a part of our day is not about our business but really about you as an individual because that's kind of the core of what I talk about. So what I find through my exit tickets and through conversations and follow up is that it's pretty rare that you hated the day. Normally, by the end, you're like, okay, I didn't like this coming in and I liked it going out. You know, if, if you didn't love it walking in because your people were making you, normally I can win you over. And I think that comes from a lot of years of having to uh, be a high school teacher.
2: Right. Yeah, that's, that's tough. High yeah. school teacher. Oh, bless you. When you say cry, like when you go into an audience, is it tailored to that audience or do you ad lib based on the vibe of the audience or... How does that work? I've always just been curious. Like,
0: Okay. That's a good question. and I'm going to take that and I'm going to pull it apart for us. Please. So the core of what I talk about, and this will help answer a lot of questions. The core of what I talk about is how to make people the priority. So I do that through the three C's, communication, connection, and confidence. So I'm just going to segue for two seconds and we'll, we'll circle back. So... When I'm walking in and I've walked into companies like Dairy Queen, right? That's fast food. I've walked into hospital systems. I've walked into school districts. I've walked into accounting companies, right? They are all very diverse audiences. Right. And they have a diverse group of people and they deliver a diverse thing of skills or actionable items, whatever it is they do. They're all very different. What's not different from place to place? The tie that binds is people. So I'm not an expert in accounting. I'm not an expert in hospital systems. I'm an expert in people. So when we talk, there is a core to what I talk about, and it's how do you make your people the priority as a leader, because we're all leaders, how do we affect our circle of influence in the most positive way so that you get the best results? So for you know this hospital system that's trying to retain their nurses and their doctors, for them, that was how do we keep our people? For the fast food place, it was how do we get our people, our managers to work better with their staff? right They're the same set of tools because it links to how do you take care of your people. And what's really cool about what I talk about is it cross applies from the classroom to the boardroom to your living room. You might be using the same skills you learned in our little conference that you had to do at work in your living room with your kids um, because it really is about how do you communicate not just with the people in front of you, but with your own head and heart, How do you connect like, Am I where my feet are? Am I doing my best in the space that I'm in? How do I build relationships? How do I connect with those around me? And then how do I build confidence in myself so am I, I am my best self? And how do I build confidence in the people that are standing in front of me because I'm their leader, right? So the communication, connection, and confidence, it is three-tier, but it is all through the lens of self and then all through the lens of others. So when you ask me, how do I get to an audience and do I tailor it Yes, I tailor it because I sit with the leadership prior when they hire me, we have a conversation and I say, why, why do you want me to come in, right? And normally they've already heard about me. They already know that I am the people priority lady and they want their team culture to be better. That's really what I get brought in for the most. And sometimes it's by businesses who are struggling with team culture. They're like, man, negativity or this generation gap that's sitting in this space. And sometimes it's because they're just incredible leaders and they're always looking to grow for their people um, and to grow with their people. So two part of that. It's rare though, that I get an audience of, you know, oh, we're already so amazing and we don't have any problems. So show us more, right? Like, because those people don't hire people. (laughs) Those people are the ones that, you know, spiral all by themselves in a corner. So when I'm brought in, I ask them why. What are your pain points? What does success look like to you? And then Nine times out of 10, they kind of pick from usually one of my workshops that kind of tailors to what they need. I worked with an organization and they said, we have conflict in our office and a lot of our leadership is pretending they don't have conflict. So we did use a little bit more of our conflict strategy piece in the communication workshop. We spent a little more time there than I spent on it for some other people. But I have kind of a I have kind of a set thing that I do. I have my original three Cs. I have a workshop that's just about communication. I have a workshop that's just about relationship building. I have a workshop that's just about confidence. I've got a workshop that's just for women, right? And all of my keynotes link to a half-day workshop or a full-day workshop. And Matter of fact, I'm going and doing a student leadership for two and a half days workshop for ISD. So it just varies.
2: So do you find... Where do most people... Are they most challenged, I guess you would say? Is it is it in the confidence area? Is it communication? Is it connection? Is it all of the above? What do you typically see people need to work on first?
0: It depends on the person. Okay. Right. Okay. And I think you and I could sit here and have a conversation about our confidence and both have different thoughts and ideas, right? Right, true. Uh, the same is true about communication. Where did you come from? How were you taught to communicate? Do you know that nonverbal communication is 55% of your message? How good are you at nonverbal communication? You know, I think it just depends. It depends on your environment. It depends on the leaders you've had before. It depends on what you're comfortable with. And I, I find that there is just such a variety Uh, So that's kind of where leadership coaching does tie into my speaking, because sometimes people will say, okay, I know that I need help with this piece of my leadership style. And that gives us the opportunity to hone in on what
2: you need most. Got it. What do you feel about, you know, we're obviously in a more, these days, a lot more driven by text and and emails and non-visual, a lot of times communication. Where does that put us in terms of connection and communication? Like what should we be doing to build those bonds still?
0: That is a hard question, but here's (laughs) the real answer, right? Like we're not getting around it. Yeah, Here we are on Zoom, right? Like we're we're in a world post-COVID that it's not going to go back to the way that it was. Tyler, we're here, right? Like, so how do you step into that? I actually did a sales company that was remote, like 75% remote so when we were talking through communication pieces we were working on how do you flip that to teams instead of you know in person one of the things i give them tools in my signature keynote uh, and it's lean in and every one of the letters stands for something and and i always say no one's going to be willing to lean on you if you're not willing to lean in aka take the first step and take the initiative to be the kind of leader you're supposed to be and and learn to communicate and connect with your people, right? Because that's what builds confidence. Uh, But when you're looking at that from a remote perspective, it is going to be different. It might even be more challenging. It might take a little extra work. You might have to mail a letter instead of sliding a letter to someone's desk. uh, You might have to send them something in the mail rather than take them out to lunch. It could look a little bit different in building those Relationships, but I do think that it's here to stay. So the core and the tip that I would give is get to know your people. Working with a leader right now, and the two the two people on her team she's really working on are both remote, and she has had to say, okay, I've learned that this lady needs this, and this lady needs this, and that took building that relationship and having those conversations so that she can be a better leader for them, which is why the core of everything I talk about is rooted in communication and connection.
2: Is there anything you can do to accelerate that understanding of individuals? I love how you just use that example that, this manager got to know how what would resonate with each individual, especially in a remote environment. How do you accelerate? And I don't know if accelerate is the right word, but it can be such a challenge when you bring on a new person and what works for them, their way of approaching them might be different. And this was probably my biggest failing point for many years Mm -hmm. is not understanding that you really need to do adjust for each person to really Mm -hmm. resonate with them on the Mm -hmm. highest Mm -hmm. level. Do you have any tools or techniques that accelerates that?
0: I mean... You're going to hate me when I say this, but it's (laughs) conversation, right?
2: Yeah. Let's just take
0: you and I, for example, right?
2: Yeah.
0: One of the biggest issues might be acceleration is everyone's goal, right? We, We have these boxes that we want to check. We want to check them and move forward. But the reality is, if we are a box-checking society, Mm -hmm. we are forgetting that the biggest, most important box to check if we want all the data and outcome boxes to get checked is the people creating what's going into that box, right? Right. So the biggest box that has to be checked in order for your end results to be fabulous are the people creating that end result. So how do I pour into those people? How do you and I get to know each other, right? Right. That takes us sitting down and learning about each other. That takes learning. And I talk about this, authentic conversations, being ready and willing to ask and answer questions. Because as your leader, if I'm just going, okay, tell me about you, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want to know some things. Okay, I'm going to divulge the the normal things you can find on my LinkedIn bio, right? right. Just like if I want you to share, I'm going to need me to share back. I have a friend and she's super sweet. I talk about this in in my, my main keynote. She's super fun and she's bubbly and she's kind and she's wonderful. And she's the last person I would share my crap with (laughs) because if everything's always fabulous, I can't be real with you. I can't give you authentic gross me if you are never gross and I never know what's hard for you and I never know what's going on with you. And even as a high school teacher, and I know that there are different thoughts on this, but even as a high school teacher, which I coached a team, of 120. We traveled together every other weekend weekend from September to June. I was there for 13 years. We were ranked in the nation. We were incredible kids. I mean, of all types and walks of life. These are not just... My first national champion was homeless. So this is not just like every great kid you could possibly want on the debate team. It's all kinds that all got along and traveled together. Those kids would know. If I'm having a bad day, they know. And you know what happens then is, and it's not that I'm walking in the classroom and saying, guys, my day's crappy because X, Y, Z happened. But when they say, hey, Shares, are you okay? Like, I've had a tough day. I'm not going to be like, no, I'm fine. Right. I've had a tough day and, and I'm, I'm a little behind, but I'm excited about our class, right? Like they can feel it. And that means that when they're having a tough day and I say, are you doing okay? No, I'm having a tough day. Do you want to tell me more? Do we want to have that conversation? Can I do anything for you? It just opens up the opportunity to be authentic. But of course, us getting to know each other, it's hard to accelerate because it's something that you've got to pour a little bit of time into and be authentic and willing to share.
2: Yeah, I like that. So let's talk about, you know, you talk about ticking the boxes and I'm definitely guilty of that.
0: We all are. You're not
2: alone. You use the term flip their focus as part yes. of getting away from that. Can we dive into that a little bit? Like how do you flip their focus? Like me, guy like me, and Mr. Check the Box guy. How do I get away where I humanize more and I'm not just trying to talk about let's just get it done fast, you know, yeah. as opposed to let's build, let's build real deep relationship. What's the flip, the focus there?
0: You know what? I think that takes a leader who's willing to be open-minded and open-hearted. Okay. I can beg you all day to flip your focus on the data and think about your people for a second. But until you actually do it and try it and see the effect in your own space, then you're not going to be able to say, oh yeah, that worked. Like you're going to have to try it, which means you've got to abandon doing what we're doing normally if if relationships and your people were not your priority before. So when I walk into a space with new people and I'm begging them to flip their focus, I start with kind of being a storyteller uh, because I want to share examples of times that this worked. And I want to share examples of reasons why you are impactful as a human being and it's worth the risk because only trying it will give you the results of if it works for you and your people or not. And and the other reality is it's not going to be a quick fix. And some people want that to be a quick fix, but let's just go ahead and take the classroom as an example. If I'm a history teacher and I'm worried about teaching history, and I actually had, I was speaking to a group of teachers and this one teacher raised his hand and he said, my job is not to build relationships with students. My job is to teach history. Hmm. You're right. You're right. But here's the other reality. The kids can go online and learn history on YouTube. Okay. So if there's a kid in the front row who hasn't been to sleep in two nights because his dad left the house and his mom is falling apart and he's taking care of his siblings, and you don't notice that, and you're just trying to slam history lessons down his throat, one, he's not going to learn it. So he is going to fail. Congratulations. Two, you're going to have to reteach it anyway. So the time that you spent trying to slam it down his throat could have been avoided and you could have looked at him, noticed that he needed something different, had a different conversation, avoided the reteach time right? So you're gonna lose time either way. Uh, we'll talk about an organization that lost some of their people because they revamped in leadership and they gave this person all the things that she thought they thought she needed. instead of talking to her about what she needed, well, she quit. So guess what? Now you're retraining somebody else. So the time that you could have spent in just having a conversation with her and not telling her what she needed to do when you didn't really know her as an employee yet, could have been avoided because you've lost that time by not having that conversation anyway. You're rehiring. You probably are investing more money now and trying to rehire. So it, it's easy for us in a fast-paced world because we are we are fast and we are multitaskers and we're box checkers. It's easy for us to go, you know what, we're just going to move to the next thing. It's fine. And hindsight's twenty twenty. So there's not a you know a perfect data number or results on why or how this works until you just throw it in with your team
1: if you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business overwhelmed responsible for everything that happens and working long hours tyler helps his clients develop processes hire high-performing team members and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable less hands-on business to schedule a free no pressure consultation head to think and click the meeting button Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business not in your business schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com think life think success think business
0: so there's not a you know a perfect data number or results on why or how this works until you just throw
2: it in with your team so I'm tempted to call you Schneers from here on out, but I'm just going to call you Julie.
0: You can call me Schneers. That's what I mean,
2: <laughs> Trust me, the kid in me wants to. I love that. So Julie, here's the challenge I have in my head is I'm hearing some things. We want to be, be personal with, with our staff and, and our team members. I know sometimes people people get uncomfortable with, where's that line? Like, where, where do yes. we go? Like, okay, I don't know if I want to know Brenda has broke up with her boyfriend and that that's the reason she's crying all day long. Right. Uh, you know, So where's that line? How do you know when you're understanding and connecting on a level, especially when we're talking a staff to manager relationship, mm-hmm. how do we balance that? What's your thoughts around
0: that? I'm so glad you said that and asked that because it's it's a common question. And I think it's an important one to address there's still a line of let's be professional, right? And I would love to be able to say, you know where that line is, but the more I am coaching and leadership, the more I realize not everyone does. So there has got to be a line. So I don't think you should share. And even when I would talk to educators and share with your kids, you shouldn't share that you were up all night because your husband's leaving you. We don't need to have that conversation, but you can share that I had a tough night. And I think that the professional in you has got to know that's a little bit too far. So when Brenda does share, is that what you called her? I don't know. Who's our
2: story? I think I said Brenda. Uh,
0: When Brenda does share that she's sad because her boyfriend broke up with her, you can just say... I'm sorry, that must be tough. What if I give you five minutes and then we can circle back? You don't have to sit and go, tell me about it. Why did he leave you? That's so crazy. I did see him with Lodia down the street. Like, There's no point in you investing in the gossip. There is a point in you acknowledging because the reality is, if she doesn't tell you, it still exists. And what do you want her to not tell you what's going on? I I don't know. I, I don't know where that line is for you as an individual, but I know she's going to bring it to work with her either way, right? There's going to be sadness and struggle with her either way. And I do think that there's a point if she were to continue, let's just coach for a second. If she was to continue down that path of falling apart daily, then that maybe is another conversation of, Hey, is there a way we can help you differently? So they are able to come to work and and give your all. But the reality and what I talk about too, is you got to show up as your best self not just your people, but you as a leader. And so how do you do that? And and sometimes that does mean you break down some uncomfortable walls, but be professional about it. That's a hard...
2: Yeah, it's a tough line. It's a hard line. One thing I know is you come up with way better than names than me. I said, Brenda, you said, Ladia. Your names are way better. So it's clear <laughs> you uh, you pick up things, things a lot faster than me. <laughs> hey, so let's talk about culture a little bit. Where do you see... I imagine a lot of your clients when you're doing speaking engagements, so at least some of them probably have cultural issues. And that's part of why they're bringing you on. Where do you see the disconnect? Is it is it not caring? Is it not communication? Is it just pounding them with tons of work and long mm-hmm. hours? Is it just a bunch of different things? What what do you see? Like, What are our biggest challenges where I'm really kind of trying to summarize this? What are the biggest challenges yeah. that we're seeing with companies that they're doing wrong or they could improve on maybe is a better way to say it?
0: I'm in, I'm in. Uh, Of course, I'm going to say, you're not going to be surprised. And this is why these are my tailored three Cs. Sure. Lack of communication and lack of connection, right? Um, So one of my favorite things that I get to do with businesses is when they bring me in to create their focus pillars. So we'll talk about communication, connection, and confidence. And then we spend time in our half days going, having conversations at our tables. What are your strengths and weaknesses as an individual? Okay, what are our strengths and weaknesses as a team? What's something you wish the person sitting next to you knew about you because it would make your working relationship better, right? These conversations we're not having because we onboard them and then we throw them out to the wolves. Uh, we don't really get to know them. We get to show them the office and we move forward like that there's just this disconnect, I think, in a lot of places of getting to know other people. So the first thing that I do when we do um, have a work day together is I give these little slips of papers, like what's your favorite drink? What's your favorite snack? What do you like doing in your spare time? What's a goal you have for 10 years from now? Hey, how about this one? what's a hard time or day for you? Because here's the reality. If you don't know that March 10th is going to be hard for her because that's the day her husband passed away, you're going to wonder why every single March, she's a little bit moody, right? So how do we have these conversations? We take time to have these conversations. So having those conversations is kind of what we do in our work time together. And then when we're creating this focus, we go, okay, off of team strengths and weaknesses, what do we want our culture to be? When we ask that question, people say, well, I'd like for our culture to feel, you know, like, like we respect each other well. Okay. So then we, you know, we take, and I'm going to use that word as an example because it's a great one. So, okay, respect. That's going to be a pillar of our team after we throw a lot of words on the wall and we all narrow it down to three to five, just so you don't think that I've got 20 words up on the board. Okay. So we, we might have 20, we narrow it. So we've got. Respect. Let's say we're going to go with that one. And then we have the conversations and I've done this with groups of 20 and groups of 200. What does respect mean to you? Because your idea of respect and my idea of respect to their different. So you cannot just say respect is a pillar of our business and then move on from there and then wonder why everybody's not respectful to you in this space. Right? So then we ask questions like, Why? What are the pain points? Because why you need respect and why I need respect might be different. So knowing the pain point helps with the origin of what respect means to them. And then we ask, what does that look like? What does success in that space look like? So then people is talking about this in this room or in their small groups, depending on how big it is, right? Well, success for me would look like with the word respect, X, Y, Z. And then presenting those conversation pieces, you can normally get to, oh, no, I see that. I feel that, right? Like, so the group kind of at least can understand where each other's coming from a little bit better. And then we take that pain point, we take what success looks like, and we build out a plan and we come up with three or four. Here's what this is going to look like. These are our action steps to making respect happen for communication, right? Maybe communication. Why is communication important? Because I feel like I never know what's going on and it frustrates me. Right. Actually, something that was said in a in a workday that I did two weeks ago, and all of the leadership went, what? Uh-huh. "What?" They had no idea that she felt really frustrated, and she felt frustrated enough to say it in front of the whole group because she had this opportunity in conversation right? So then we talked about what success would look like. And then we were able to build, you know what? Okay. One of our action items is going to be, we deliver a newsletter every single month. Maggie's going to write it and everyone's going to know what's going on. We'll let every team put their little blop in. Would that feel good? And the whole group's like, yes, I would like to know what's going on with sales. And I would like to know what's going on with marketing. That would make me feel like I know what's going on. Little things like how, how easy would that be to make everybody feel seen and heard? And then you know what happens when people feel seen and heard?
2: They care. They're happier. Yeah, they care. And they're, yeah, yeah, they care. Sure. Yeah.
0: They're invested. They want to be there. You gain trust, loyalty, investment instantly by having conversations and making people feel seen and heard. It's not a fix-all. I know that. There's always caveats. Sure. There's always you know opportunities to grow in spaces and some people need to grow more than others. But it's a great place to start.
2: How much, uh, if any, do you intertwine these values with a company's core values? Because it sounds to me like some of the things you're saying are very much intertwined with core values. Where do they all fit in with this?
0: Okay. Love that question. I actually did this with a company not long ago. And they said, but we like our mission statement and our philosophy statement that's on our website. And we don't want to change it. I'm not, I'm not asking you to change it. But here's the reality. And I wish everyone you know, thinking or listening can think about this what's your mission statement for your company? Like, If you were to just spout it out right now, right? what is it? And what I find in most places that I go into, they don't know it. They don't know it. They put it on the website. It reads pretty so that customers are proud. right? So then what I'm doing is I'm getting to the core of what your mission is. Don't change your mission statement. Let's be pretty if that's what you want to do. Or let's make it functional if that's what you wanted to do. I think either is a fine answer. I don't think there's a wrong answer. Every business is different. Every group of customers is different. Right? But if I am going to sit in a situation, and this is where I I like to dig in, and it links to my legacy statement when I talk about my tools and lean in. If you are sitting in a tough situation and you're making a quick decision or you're making a tough decision and you're going, what is my core? What is our core values? What is our focus? sometimes that can help you make a better decision quickly. So if my core value is respect, communication, and relationships, I might be asking myself, okay, in dealing with this client, respect, communication, relationships. Am I doing everything I need to be doing before I move forward? Okay, in dealing with this employee, respect, communication, relationships, it at least triggers the three core pieces. Rather, No one's going to sit at your desk and go, our mission statement is, and then give me the long... You, you don't use that as a quick lens, but to have a legacy lens um, as an individual or a focus lens as a leader can be super helpful in putting one, everyone on the same page and two, to support you in the decisions that you're making quickly and effectively.
2: Very cool, very cool. Hey, I always love to end with uh, my last question here. Is there a business or a life tip that you've learned along your way, your journey, that you could share with us, something that we could apply?
0: Yeah, my favorite one, and I'm going to be super transparent. It's really hard for me too, so I'm going to say this, and then we won't talk about how crazy my day has been and how I have not done this. Okay. Uh, But my my life tip is take care of you first. I always like to talk about when you get on a plane. And you're, you're sitting in the safety place and they're talking through all the reminders. And they say, if the oxygen masks are to drop from the ceiling, remember to put yours on first. And we, especially busy, high functioning professionals, we are so busy. We let ourselves put so many boxes on our to-do list and we end up taking care of ourselves last. And you know, when you are empty And we've heard it a million times. You can't pour from an empty cup, right? If you're dead, you can't take care of the people around you, right? Like you have to take care of you. What does that look like? Um, And here's the other piece of that. It looks different for every single person. So what brings me value and what depletes me is going to be different than what brings you value and depletes you. So when I speak, I, I always spend a little time on self because if your people aren't okay, it might not be your fault that they fall apart on you. So as a company, how do you pour into your people so that they are okay, so that they give you their best self, right? Because if they're not their best self, they for sure are not showing up for you in the best form possible. So I think it's really valuable that we all take care of ourselves and we encourage our people to take care of themselves. And we encourage that in our companies so that they come to us a little more whole and a little more happy. And that just breeds beautiful... For every room they're in, whether it's a board room or a classroom or their own living room. So take care of you.
2: That's a huge one. Yeah, great one. Hey, so I'll put this in the thinktyler.com show notes. Your website is julie I'm gonna spill I'm gonna spill that because it's got some tricks to it. Julie is J U L I E. Schneers is S C H N I E R S dot com. Once again, that'll yes. that'll be in the show notes. Now, if people wanted to reach out to you, um, I think you were mentioning your email would be okay. And you yes. you've been kind enough to set up a code. I love the code. You, you you won me over with the code, so that's why I'm talking about it. Oh, good. It's Tyler Rocks two words. Tyler Rocks. It's a thirty percent discount off off your services. What is your email address?
0: It's info, super easy, info at schneers.com. So I know that you just spelled the website and I know it'll be in your show notes. So that's super easy, but info at Um, But you can also find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. And I would love for you to find me and follow me. I try not to put out like hire me all the times, even though I would love for you to hire me. I try to put out like leadership reminders and encouragement and, you know, things that hopefully help motivate you uh, as an individual. So if you never are able to bring me in, hopefully I can make a positive impact on you in that space. So.
2: Well, your energy is infectious and your knowledge is awesome. So really appreciate you being part of the show and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, hopefully in the future.
0: Well, thanks for having me. And of course, you already know how I feel about you. So Tyler rocks. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And uh, thanks for sharing me with your listeners.
1: Okay, Julie. See you later. Bye. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business.
0: Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations?